0: Sermon series called um, "Hogs on Ice." Yeah, I just was wondering, do you guys have any thoughts about this sermon series so far? It's a joke, bad one. Today's scripture is John uh, comes from the Gospel of John, chapter ten, verse ten thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly abundantly thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy think about that the word of god for the people of god okay so a couple things here um wearing a new t-shirt we have a new singer summer in the band way to go Uh, that was probably the worst children's moment ever Um, and we're going to try something new today two new things today I'm gonna try to tell a real honest-to-God joke and then two uh, uh, we're gonna have a um, multimedia worship uh, uh, preaching service kinda thing Um, so you can look at me but you don't have to while I'm preaching what I'd really like you to do is look at the screen and just listen to me in the background. If I had my druthers, we would have you know, dropped down a screen, and then I would have talked to you from behind the screen. Or I guess I could have had a microphone in the, in the tech room and then I could have preached from there. Yeah, I could have. I came really close this morning. Uh, well, Diane asked, do I restart the video again? as you're preaching, I was like, it's 16 minutes long. Do you think I'm gonna preach for 32 minutes? And she was like, I don't know, could possibly happen. <laughs> and then I told Amy, I was like, I came this close at four o'clock this morning to like, I'm not gonna say anything and just let the, the video do its thing, but I, whatever. So here's the joke, here's the, so here's the joke. So joke is, is that um, I'm not a good joke teller. And as I was practicing with um, my wife the other night, Uh, I I go through it again and again and again and um, and then all of a sudden Seth like hey dad this is how the joke goes and he nails it so Seth is the joke teller in our family but anyways I'm going to tell you a true story about a guy named Seamus. Now Seamus was involved in a shipwreck and is washed ashore up on a deserted island. Desert island. And he's there for 15 years when he's finally discovered and so the rescuers are walking around with him on the island and um and one of them notices that there's a clearing with three buildings on it and he turns to Seamus and he says Seamus what's that first building over there And he goes well when I finally realized and figured out that I was not going to be rescued I need shelter So that's my house. he's like, oh, okay. Well, what's that second building over there? And uh, Seamus goes, oh, I'm a religious man, a very, very, very deeply religious man. That's my church. I go there every Sunday to pray. Oh, well, that's beautiful. But uh, what's that other building over there? Oh, come on, man. Come on, let's go. Let's go. I don't want to talk about it. Come on, let's go. No, 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 tell me, Tell me what that other building is. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. I don't want to talk about it. Let's go, let's go. Come on. Let's get, let's get in the boat. Let's go. No, no, no. Come on, Seamus. Come on. Tell me, what is that building over there? Ah. Okay. That's the church I used to go to. Terrible place. Hog is on ice, an interesting name for a sermon, no? The inspiration comes from this book, A Hog on Ice and Other Curious Expressions by Charles Earl Funk, a famous dictionary editor traces the origin and development of the pungent and colorful phrases we all use. You all use this phrase, right? All you? You're all familiar, aren't you? The curious, pungent, and colorful phrase actually goes like this, as independent as a hog on ice, meaning cockily independent, supremely confident, beholden to no one. The idea is that since a hog can't walk and or skate on ice, the hog is headed for a fall, beholden to no one, just like I was as independent as a hog on ice giving this morning's Stump the Pastor, or as I will be as independent as a hog on ice as I preach this morning, which, by the way, just to let you know, you should really thank my wife, Sarah, a lot, because um, in the first service, I I hadn't had enough coffee, and though I could probably preach to y'all without coffee, I don't know if I'd want to... Inject that science experiment on you all. See one joke succeeds and the other fails. Those Methodists, those Christians, are as independent as hogs on ice. And that's the point that I, that's the point that I plan to make this morning. Those Methodists, those Christians, are as independent as hogs on ice. As time has passed, and though I do find this phrase humorous, been associated with this phrase for about 25 years of my life. I do read it as a lament. You know lament, don't you? Y'all? Y'all familiar with lament? There's a book in the Bible, Lamentations, it's full of lament. Lament is to express grief or sorrow for something. We see lament used as complaint in the Psalms. But When we lift it up to God, it becomes a lament. When we share it with each other, well, that's just a kvetch, big difference. So my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Number 22 to be exact, Psalm that is. There are 150 poems we call Psalms. The myth, the rumor, the legend is that King David wrote most, if not all of them. Do not think that that's completely true. I think that he was too busy leading the new kingdom of Israel to spend time writing poetry. I do think that he did surround himself with the brightest and the best talent, which included poets, and he shared his ideas with them and they put them into words. One third are poems of praise, praise be to God. One third are poems of lament and praise, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then it ends with praise be to God. And the other third are poems of lament. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it ends with, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? They read like complaints, but they are lament as they are lifted up to God. We don't do enough lamenting these days. A friend a friend of mine reached out to me recently and was struggling with the grief of the loss of two friends. And I told my friend that it was okay to grieve, to lament. Then I told them to lament liberally. Another reached out to me with complaints. And I told him they should complain conservatively. We are too independent these days. No need to be like Giovanni Maria Degostini. Anybody Anybody know him? Bueller? Bueller? Giovanni Marina uh, Maria D'Agostini is the hermit of the Oregon Mountains. There's no need to be like him, because if you really think about it, we can be modern-day hermits. We're set up for it, to be successful at it, living next door to each other. We drive our cars up to our houses, and with the click of a button, we can park our cars in garages and close the door without ever seeing, acknowledging, and or interacting with our neighbors at all. We don't need to know their names, where they are from, or what their life stories are. If we work from homes and desire to live lives that are independent from everyone else, We can have our food and our necessities delivered and pretty much never let the outside world in that is if we don't watch TV and or listen to the radio we can tell the rescuers when they come this is my house that room is my church and though I don't want to talk about it this other room is the church I used to go to terrible place independent as hogs on ice that as That is how I think our creator, redeemer, and sustainer sees us right now in this moment. If COVID was a test of sorts, God created, it was not. I wholly and truly believe that. Man-made, maybe. Nature gone awry, more likely. But if it was a test, we failed horribly in a time that we could have lived our lives abundantly with the redeemer, We chose to be as independent as we wanted to be with the thief. We would have rather have spent our time, and we did, lamenting, maybe kvetching, how long? How long will you turn your face away? How long? How long do you hear us when we pray? On and on, we still walk this pilgrim's way on ice. How long? I believe that all good things come from God, the creator, who has created and is creating still. There's only one creator, and that is God. The evil one, the thief, has never created, cannot create, will never create, but he can manipulate. He can manipulate with what has been created, is being created, and will be created for use and purpose that it was not originally created for. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Independent as hogs, we were, and we let the thief steal the peace that was possibly given to us to reset our minds, our hearts, and our souls. We killed each other with our facts that we read and or thought we read. We destroyed our shared histories presence in the moment and quite possibly our futures as well. We didn't destroy it. We really warped the future. The thief does not create, cannot create, will not create, but will still kill and destroy what has been created. How we groan till you scratch us till you snatch us from the thorns. How long? Taking a hard turn, which way I do not know, reminded of a story once told to me. Church hires a consultant to help them, to help them see where the possibilities are in their community. They want young folks with children to help them turn the tide that all churches have been in since 1960. That is dying, slowly. Others dying faster. They lamented to their consultant in their consultation that they wanted to grow. They talked of things that people who go to church do. They wear name tags. They write in attendance books that you should recognize their handwriting and know who they are. They lament. Maybe Kvetch. Do we wait in vain? But before he told them about what the churches that grow do, He asked for a tour. One caveat, he must show me everything. Everything. They agreed. So off on the tour they go. Uh, There's the women's parlor. No children allowed in that room. These used to be Sunday school rooms. They're dark, dank, musty. We keep the blinds down. Uh, and, And he's walking along and all of a sudden he sees like a big picture window and he walks up to it and he looks out it and he sees a uh, chain-link fence stretched from one end to the other. But it's not attached to anything. There's no corners of this chain-link fence. They, they, don't, they don't enclose anything. It's just one big, long chain-link fence. And then off in the distance, about maybe 150 yards or so, 175 yards, he sees a building, and he says, what's that? And they tell him, oh, that's a middle school. Sixth, seventh, eighth graders go to school there. Then he said, what's this chain link fence? And he goes, oh, we don't like the kids cutting across our property, walking on our grass. So we put the fence up. The tour continued. And as they walked along a hallway, passing by one of those accordion folding walls, you know, remember those? Might make a comeback. He stopped the tour and said, wait, what's on the other side of this wall? Because his tour guides were just gonna blow right past it. Oh, we really don't use that space anymore. But what is it, he asked. "Ah, oh, it's nothing really, another said. And the consultant reminded him that they had promised to show him everything. There was a shuffling of feet down the hallway to go find a key who knows where as it hadn't been opened in years. A key was finally found. The accordion wall was pushed aside, and there it was—a gym with basketball hoops, classrooms, and other amenities for kids, kids who might perhaps be in the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And the consultant report. This is what he said: Get rid of everything that screams inside. Name tags attendance books, etc. Tear down that fence. Pull up the blinds on the windows and open up that gym. Let those kids use it Monday through Friday and you will be surprised who will eventually come on Sunday. As I share this story with you, it makes me wonder what visible and invisible barriers have we put up for those kids from Camino Real who cut through here every day, Monday through Friday. Another hard turn in a different direction. I promise I, I drive better than I preach. A few weeks ago, our son Seth had a sore throat and a little fever. He stayed home and off to the doctor we went. Friday, and I was dressed in my Morningstar hat, and uh, my Morningstar T-shirt. Anybody an extra small? Are you? Hey, Chuck. New hat for you. So, wearing the hat, wearing the T-shirt. You can only see the front. It doesn't have Morningstar on the front of it. It just has the little logo, and uh, and, and I want to pause here to say that I, I believe that that there's truth in the Bible, and I and but out of all the stories in the Bible, the one that I have like a really big problem with is the story of Noah. Not a big fan. There are parts that I just cannot get behind. God comes to Noah in a dream, right? And on the list of things that Noah is to do in the building of the ark, the the first is plant gopher wood trees. I I can get all behind that. I can get behind the building of the ark. I'm not sure about all the animals and two by two, and I'm not sure about this very limited list of humans that are only allowed on this ark. Noah drinking at the end of the story, have no idea what that means but I can get behind the rainbow. In my best Sunday school memory, the rainbow signifies God's promise, a covenant to every person and living creature. The earth will not be destroyed by flood again. As an adult, I like what Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch speaks of. He sees a deeper meaning of the rainbow, that, of maintaining the world's diversity as God created it the colors of the rainbow for one pure complete ray of light broken up into seven degrees of seven colors symbolize different types of living creatures of every kind yet God unites them all together in one common bond of peace all fragments of one life all refracted rays Of the one spirit of God so there Seth and I are in the doctor's office his doctors quick and she quickly assesses Seth's needs but before she lets us go she asks the meaning of my shirt and hat but before I could answer more than this is the logo of where I work as independent as a hog on ice though more gracefully than most of us here She attempts to read the meaning of the logo of the shirt and hat for herself. She sees the star and quickly associates it with morning star. Then she sees the outline of mountains and sees the star rising up and over the mountains. Jesus, the morning star, rising up over the mountains with the morning sun like Easter Sunday, resurrection and the rays of a rainbow. One, pure, complete ray of light, broken up into seven degrees of seven colors, symbolize different types of living creatures of every kind. Yet, God unites them all together in one common bond of peace, all fragments of one life, all refracted rays of the one spirit. Well, she didn't quite say it like that. But that is what she said in her own way. For those of you who see this t-shirt as a statement, you all are like hogs on ice. This t-shirt is an invitation. It is a it is to be the silent salesperson for Morningstar, or it's supposed to be that invitation for repeat customers to come back again. The church you all go to, by the way, Morningstar, That's what it's supposed to be, like the science sales person for Morningstar. It's supposed to make other people think when you wear it. If it makes you think when you wear it, well, that's just touchdown Jesus. It's supposed to get people to wonder if they do a t shirt like that, then I wonder what they do on Sundays. This t shirt is not about us, and we need to get over ourselves. God made a covenant in Genesis to everyone. When Jesus said y'all, he meant all, everyone, not some. Y'all means all. Hear me now, and believe me later, some of you all, most of you all, all you all, are going to be quite surprised to see who all in heaven when you get there, just saying If you thought that the rainbow was absconded by another group to be misused, you would be sadly mistaken. It is a reminder to everyone that we are a part of one pure, complete ray of light, God's light, everyone, all. So how long? How long will we turn our face away? But if it was stolen, we here Morning Morningstar are stealing it back to prove the point. We are not as independent as hogs on ice. For us to survive, we need this place filled to overflowing with babies, toddlers, preschoolers, kids from one to 104, screaming with laughter, making a mess, making a mess, making a mess, right here and worship with us together. We need to tear down the barriers the literal ones and the figurative ones, and throw open the doors to let everyone of those messy individuals in. Y'all know that you're messy individuals, right? We need to embrace that we come from one pure light of the Creator, that we are all united together in one common bond of peace. We need to invite diversity to the party and dance in and with inclusion together radically. We need to normalize telling our friends, our new friends, that we love them because without them, without every single one of them, everyone, all of them, all, All we'll be able to say is, that's the church I used to go to. Terrible place. Lord, forgive us for being as independent as hogs on ice. In the name of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer. Amen.